What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello again there, ladies and gentlemen of the Hoopball Lakers family. I am your host for this solo edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast, J.C. DeLeon. With the school year ramping up, Ethan Noroff is away taking care of that, so I will give you my quick thoughts on the Lakers summer so far. The special guest I watched the Laker game with at the NBA Summer League. And the Lakers' last three roster spots. So without any further delay, let's get started. So the last episode we recorded, Ethan and I talked about the signings the Lakers had made in the, you know, the flurry that was the initial free agent rush. And since then, the Lakers haven't really made any specific moves or any specific signings. And we'll get to that a little bit later. And so, yeah, there aren't really any new players for me to give any thoughts on as far as how the summer has gone. So... I'm going to turn my attention to where a lot of people seem to be having, you know, some questions now that the lineup, at least the roster for the most part, is set. The last three spots are important, but ultimately they're not going to get as much playing time throughout the year as these first 12 spots might. And so, so far, let's talk about what the Lakers do have. And yeah, one of the lingering questions is going to be, who is going to start for this team? This is a team that, kind of similar to last year, has the potential to have several different looks and variations to who's going to play, who's going to get minutes, different situations, different scenarios. And so, yeah, obviously LeBron, James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis are going to be three of your starters. Point guard is going to be Russell Westbrook. There's not really going to be any ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's going to be the one solidified spot of this entire starting lineup, believe it or not, even though Anthony Davis and LeBron James are obviously going to start. Is LeBron going to be a four and Anthony Davis going to be a five, as is rumored? Maybe. Let's take a look at that scenario. So let's say you've got Russell Westbrook at the one, Anthony Davis at the five, LeBron James at the four. What are you going to do with the two and the three? If that's what you're going to roll with, I do feel like that's an easy spot for for Carmelo Anthony to start in the three spot. Or you can even kind of interchange him and put LeBron back at the three and have Carmelo Anthony play a four. Either way, they're both interchangeable at that point. That's the only scenario in which I do imagine Carmelo Anthony being a starter on this team, is if... 
Anthony, da- Anthony Davis is the five, and LeBron James is the four, slash three. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Carmelo has carved out a niche for himself the last couple of years, being an instant offense type player, you know, spark off the bench. Seems to have enjoyed that role, even though he sort of pushed back on it throughout his career. Because of that, I don't think that's really where they're going to go. An interesting prospect for... So let's get off of the whether or not Anthony Davis is going to play the five or not. Who's going to play alongside Russell Westbrook in that backcourt? That's going to be... It's an interesting question as well. You've got Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn is a proven elite scorer from his days in Miami whenever Goran Dragic was out. Kendrick Nunn put up some monster games for Miami. He's got the potential to be a really great two-guard. My concern with Kendrick Nunn is he seemed to have been able to He's, he seemed to have been his most productive as a point guard. And so, i.e., he's a player that kind of needs the ball in his hands. And between Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and potentially Carmelo Anthony, you can't have too many players on the floor at the same time who need the ball in their hands to be productive. That's just simply not going to work. You need people who are going to be comfortable playing off the ball, which is kind of why my preference. And make no mistake, the two guard is ultimately going to be one of the weaker spots of this team. Going to be real about this team. I'm sure Ethan is going to be as well. As much as we are Laker fans, as much as we believe in this team, I think we I think it's we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to the fans of this podcast to be real about the limitations of this squad. And... Clearly, I think the weakest spot on this team is going to be the two-guard, no matter who you throw in there. And so, I think none is a better fit to run the second unit. What I'd kind of like to see, and I wasn't as excited about this move when it happened, but the only reason I wasn't as excited is because I wasn't as familiar with this game. But I had somebody on Twitter reach out to me and say, hey, watch his highlights. See what you think. And I'm talking about Malik Monk. And after watching Malik Monk's highlights and seeing how he plays, he seems to be a, while maybe not as good of a defensive version as KCP, he does does seem to be a younger, faster, more athletic version of KCP. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And I would dare say that if you put Malik Monk in the starting lineup right next to Russell Westbrook, that might be your most athletic backcourt in the league. It just might be. Malik Monk is crazy athletic. He loves playing off the ball. I think he's going to be one of these players that is going to overwhelmingly accept any role he's given. And I think he's going to really relish playing with guys like Russell Westbrook and guys like LeBron James. It's kind of so that's that's my personal preference. So that takes care of that. So we've got Russell Westbrook. We've got Malik Monk. 
we've got LeBron James, we've got Anthony Davis. What to do with that fifth spot? Well, if you're going to go the way this team has gone before, you're going to put Anthony Davis at the four, you're going to put LeBron back at the three, you're going to start a center. Whether that's going to be Marcus Gasol, whether that's going to be Dwight Howard, remains to be seen. I'm kind of impressed by Dwight's motivations. He's certainly saying all the right things. We know how popular and how well he, how how liked he was the last time he was a Laker, helped helped lead them to a championship. Did really well in Philadelphia. Seemed to enjoy playing behind Joel Embiid. Just was a really great presence in Philadelphia from everything I saw. The time might be in Marcus Gasol's career for him to be maybe the center that doesn't play the most minutes or the center that doesn't start. I honestly wouldn't mind Dwight starting for this team. If you're going to play the way you did the year you won the championship and start a center, but ultimately not have the center play anywhere near the most minutes, yeah, I wouldn't mind Dwight starting and kind of playing a JaVale McGee-type role, setting tone for the defense, putting effort out there, grabbing rebounds, doing all that stuff. And so, yeah, if it were between Dwight and Gasol, I would prefer Dwight to start. I just think, because again, between Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, you've got two brilliant passers, guys that love getting assists. I don't really see any added benefit to having Marcus Gasol be a third excellent passer out there. I don't think you need it. I think LeBron James and Russell Westbrook are two of the two of the best passers in the league already. I don't know why you would need a third great passer. And so start Dwight. The only other possibility for a starter uh, would be to have Malik Monk come off the bench and have our beloved prodigal son, THT, play in the starting lineup next to Russell Westbrook. Now, going into year three, THT is going to have a little bit of the Kyle Kuzma thing going on for him this season, which could ultimately be a kiss of death. He's talented. We love him. Lots of teams covet him. Does he fit with the squad? I think THT does. But I do think that ultimately his best skill set is going to be as a point guard running the offense. And so between Russell Westbrook, between Kendrick Nunn, between some of the possibilities we'll talk about with these last three roster spots. There could be a lot of point guards on this team. And if THC's ultimate potential is reached with him as a point guard, this team could be a little crowded for him. And I think you might start to see what some will perceive as a lack of production, the way people perceived Kyle Kuzma to be, you know, not productive. I hope that doesn't happen for him. I do hope they find a more solidified fit for THT in the way they couldn't really with, with Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma 
you know, in the end is someone who, who kind of had to go. I hope he flourishes in, in Washington. I do hope that fans appreciate the things that he did and aren't celebrating him not being a Laker the way they are celebrating Dennis Schroeder not being a Laker anymore. Won't get into any of that. We'll keep it all positive here on this podcast. Dennis Schroeder is gone, and that's probably for the best. So, THT starting next to Russell Westbrook. I think they could find a way to make it work. I know that he's been working on his spot-up shooting. And if that's the case, I think THT is very adaptable. And so, I think he can adapt to being a two-guard. You know, I would have preferred under different circumstances, if the Lakers were to maybe acquire or to have acquired Chris Paul and kind of have THD learn the point guard position under Chris Paul, that would have been ideal. But hell, you know, Russell Westbrook might be able to teach THD a few things as well. But yeah, so for sure, the four starters, in my opinion, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, LeBron James... Russell Westbrook and really either Malik Monk or THT and I think I think that's a super solid starting lineup for this Lakers squad. Going to move on to some of my adventures for the past uh, couple of weeks. I am actually in between day jobs and so I found myself with some time off and uh, a little bit of money in savings and I saw I had an opportunity to go and do one of the things that I've always wanted to do for a long time. I love the city of Las Vegas. I try to go two, three times a year. I've always wanted to go to Summer League. It looks so fun on ESPN. And I saw the opportunity and I took it. I bought I bought tickets for three days of Summer League. Uh, it was days two, three, and four of Summer League. And, yeah, I mean, my experience with Summer League is I might make that same trip every year. The bad thing about Summer League is Summer League itself is 10 days long, and 10 days is just way too many days to spend in Las Vegas. You can't, (laughs) as much as I love that city and as much as I even think about moving there some days, because if I were to move there, I probably wouldn't treat it like a vacation destination the way I do now. Uh, 10 days is a lot of days in Las Vegas, (laughs) and... Yeah, as much as I would love to see all 10 days of, of Summer League, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of expensive to do that, for one. And, yeah, again, too many days in Las Vegas. There, there actually ended up being more free time than I thought there would be. Uh, games typically run from anywhere from noon or starting at as late as 3 p.m. to, like, 7, maybe 8. And so, yeah, there's a lot of time in the day to go out and get into trouble in Vegas. So 10 days, too many days in Vegas. I was there for three days of summer league and that is about perfect. Three days of summer league. I got to see, I saw Cade Cunningham have a really great matchup with the Rockets pick whose name escapes me at the moment. That was a great one-on-one battle. I saw the eventual summer league champions, the Sacramento Kings and their number one pick Davion Mitchell from Baylor, who I saw 
you know, play against the Texas Longhorns. And Davion Mitchell is going to be a defensive problem in the league. That dude is intense. He is tenacious on defense. He does not relent. Relentless to the core, that kid. And so he's going to be a really great, great watch uh, once the league starts. Uh, I got to see a couple of my Texas Longhorns. Kai Jones, Jericho Sims of the Knicks. Yeah, Summer League is a great time. So basically, if you're unaware, the tickets are all general admission. You could sit wherever you want. They do have reserved seats that are a little closer, and that's kind of where you might find yourself sitting next to a LeVar Ball or sitting behind a LeBron James or a Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Like, Summer League is so cool because you're walking around and there's NBA stars walk, walking around and there's WNBA stars walking around and there's coaches that you might know and scouts that you might know of, all sorts of places, all sorts of people. And I ran into a friend of the podcast. He's been a, been a guest on an episode before. Managing editor of Laker Nation, Trevor Lane. He and I managed to uh, you know to hook up over text during summer league, and you know I told him like I saw that he was coming out to summer league. I reached out to him and said, "Hey man, I'm going to be at summer league too. Do you want to get together? Maybe watch some of the games. We could talk a little Lakers." Did all that. Didn't do it on the pod or recorded or anything like that. But I was there for the Summer League Lakers versus the Knicks game, in which the Knicks uh, the Knicks did win. Our Lakers lost. But, yeah, huge thanks to Trevor Lane over at Lakers Nation for uh, being very gracious to me and allowing me to kind of sit with, with him and some of, the, some of the Laker Nation staff and watch some of the game. And so... My impressions of Summer League, it's a great time. You know, like I mentioned some of the names that I saw. Cade Cunningham, Davion Mitchell, Jericho Sims, Kai Jones, LiAngelo Ball. I have to mention him. Players that either might not get a lot of time you know, once the season starts, or players who might get sent down to the G League, just you get to see a lot. You get to see these guys play a lot of minutes up close, and you get to hear everything on the court that's being said. Like it's, you get to hear how the refs talk to the players. You get to hear the communication the players have with each other. Seeing and even though it's just summer league, like you're seeing an incredibly high level of basketball, and you're seeing it really close. It's just a totally fun experience. All that being said, <clears throat> with the Lakers' summer league roster, it's a fun roster. You've got Mac McClung, who's internet sensation ever since he was in high school. I personally have a little bit of beef with Mac McClung because uh, his first year in college, he was at Georgetown. And then he transferred to Texas Tech last season. And as some of you may know, I live in Austin, Texas. And I'm a Texas Longhorns fan through and through because I live here in Austin. And I have always thought that Mac McClung was a little overhyped. I thought this I thought of this in his first season in Georgetown. Thought of this, you know, his sophomore and junior season in uh, Texas Tech. But then last year versus the Texas Longhorns, Mac McClung did hit a game-winning shot over the Texas Longhorns in Austin. 
And so that made me have a certain level of beef with Mac McClung. And then the Lakers signed him to their summer league team. And so I kind of had to force myself to maybe like him a little bit. But fortunately for me, I don't think he's going to make the team. He's, he's an exciting player. A lot of people are making the obvious comparisons to our guy, Alex Caruso. They're making that obvious comparison because they're both white and athletic. But Mac McClung is listed at 6'3". He's not 6'3". He is maybe 6'1", if that. He looks really small on the court. He doesn't have he doesn't have the overall quickness and speed that Alex Caruso has or the athleticism, and he's not a very great shooter. And so, yeah, Mac McClung probably not going to make the Lakers team. He was signed to I can't remember if it's a two way deal or an Exhibit Ten, but he is going to make the training camp roster and he is going to have an opportunity to make the team. I just don't think ultimately he's going to. He's Probably destined for the G League Laker team, which, honestly, he'll be a lot of fun, and he'll probably thrive in. But some of the, league, the Summer League roster, you know, did have a couple of moments. Uh, the most experienced member of the Summer League roster was Devontae Kaycock, who I was a little surprised to see there. I thought maybe he's kind of earned, a, you know, some, he doesn't have to go through that, but he was the most experienced member of uh, of this team, of this summer league team, and he played really well in the one game that I saw. Um, but he wasn't playing a lot of minutes because I feel like he's he's about as developed as he's going to get. Uh, some of the more players that some of the players that did kind of impress more, Joel uh, AI, I don't know how to say his last name of Gonzaga. Uh, he played really well. I do think. He does kind of have the skill set uh, that might make him make the team maybe next year. Uh, he's 6'5", out of Gonzaga. Really athletic wing defender. Same goes for Chandy Brown Jr. He had a viral moment in which he was wearing a pair of the Zion Williamson Jordans and it kind of blew up on him, uh, similar to how Zion's shoe blew up on him while he was at Duke. Uh, Vic Law had a couple of nice moments in the 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 one game that I saw him play. Trevlin Queen, who's got some G League experience, he had a couple of really nice uh, moments in that game versus the Knicks. But yeah, ultimately, I don't think any of the summer league guys for the uh, for the Lakers are going to end up making the team. Maybe Joel AI, and maybe Kaycock, obviously since he's already been on the team before. But, you know, it remains to be seen what, what the Lakers are going to do with those last three roster spots. And, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about those last three roster spots. So for one of the last three roster spots, there does seem to be a certain amount of smoke around the name of Isaiah Thomas. Another former Laker kind of been the theme of the Lakers team this summer is bringing back former Lakers. He had a moment on social media go viral when he scored 81 points in a pro-am game in which he, you know, was sort of emotional afterwards and talked about how people are sort of giving up on him after his uh, pretty gruesome uh, hip injury that sort of taken him out of the last two years. 
And because of that, he's sort of bounced around a couple of teams, gotten a couple of 10-day contracts, but nobody's really given him a true shot. And he says he's healthy. I actually heard him on the All the Smoke podcast a couple of weeks ago, which he talked about his recovery. He talked about the things that he learned about his injury from a different surgeon, why it didn't go right the first time, why it took him even longer to recuperate. And he talked about why he's a hundred percent pain-free now. And it seemed to make a lot of sense what he was saying. And it seemed to be really genuine. And yeah, I for one wouldn't have a problem with bringing Isaiah Thomas back to this team. I know he's a defensive liability. He was that when he was healthy, he's probably going to be even more of a defensive liability now. But one thing that, I really like about Isaiah Thomas and I'm going to like about a lot of this team is I can appreciate Isaiah Thomas's hunger, his hunger to be back in the league, his hunger to be relevant again, up and down this roster. It's going to be a thing that I can kind of cling on as far as my belief for this team, Russell Westbrook's hunger to win a title that doesn't seem like it can be denied. Dwight Howard's hunger to kind of remain relevant. I think people the last couple of years have sort of seen him, you know, kind of become a joke of himself, despite the fact that he's probably going to end up being a Hall of Famer. He's had a Hall of Fame first two-thirds of his career, and people seem to be kind of making a joke out of his last third, and he seems to really want to erase that narrative. All these young guys, Monk, Nunn, THC's won a championship already, but, um, you know, up and down, Kent Bazemore, I just think Carmelo Anthony, another one. I just think that this team is hungry. And I don't think anybody exudes that kind of hunger more than Isaiah Thomas. But here's the interesting thing about Isaiah Thomas and the rest of the league in general. The league and all these players can sort of look like dominoes. And when one domino falls, it can affect so many others. And that was a really interesting development with the team across town with the Los Angeles Clippers. They, in a very surprising, motivated completely by saving money, they traded Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo to Memphis. Nobody saw that coming. Patrick Beverly did have a really ugly ending to the season last season when he pushed Chris Paul when Chris Paul wasn't even looking when he Patrick Beverly exhibited himself to be the sorest of losers that was bad I didn't think it was going to be bad enough to make the Clippers kind of make a decision on Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo wasn't quite the match made in heaven that they they thought he would be and so 
and incidentally, days after Patrick Beverly was traded to Memphis, Memphis then traded him again to Minnesota. But Rondo is still, as of this moment, a Memphis Grizzly. So, the dominoes of Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo moved. And unfortunately for Isaiah Thomas, that might have just moved him out. But here's what I think. And here's what I think could end up benefiting. As far as, and why I think signing Isaiah Thomas now would be good. I think what you're going to see Rajon Rondo do is similar to what Andre Godala did in Memphis. I don't think Rajon Rondo is going to play a second in a Memphis Grizzlies jersey. But I don't think he's going to get bought out until the trading deadline. I think at this point, Rajon Rondo wants to be a mercenary for a contender. And I don't think... And even, you know, as to his skill set, I don't think it really kind of behooves him to need to play an entire season. And I saw one statistic when it came when it came to Rondo that since he's left the Celtics a long time ago, <laughs> he has yet to play a hundred games for any team. The most games he's played for any one team since leaving the Boston Celtics, he's played 94 games in the Los Angeles Lakers jersey. Wasn't a fit in Dallas. Wasn't really a fit in Sacramento. Wasn't a fit in Chicago. Seemed to be a pretty good fit with the Lakers. Wasn't a very good fit with the Clippers. Likes LeBron. Respects LeBron. LeBron respects him. Don't know how Russell Westbrook would feel about him. I do know that it's probably not going to be as contentious as it would have been had the Lakers signed Chris Paul and are now thinking about, oh, well, let's bring Rondo in. So... I'm talking, spending all this time talking about Rajon Rondo, and he's not even technically available. The Memphis Grizzlies haven't bought him out. They haven't specifically made any plans whether or not they are. It's just a lot of people speculating why would he spend any time in Memphis. And it makes sense that he wouldn't spend any time in Memphis. But I think it makes sense to sign a player like Isaiah Thomas now because if he works out, fantastic. You've got him. If he doesn't work out and Rondo's going to be a buyout candidate come trading deadline, well then there's your <laughs> there's your, your final point guard option. Just pick up Rondo off the buyout market if that even happens. I'm talking about as I'm talking about this happening as much as I expected it to happen with Trevor Reese last season. It never did. So you gotta move off of the Rondo possibility. Uh, there have been a couple of odd reports about our guy Jared Dudley. Some people are expecting his tenure as a Los Angeles Laker to be done. Other reports have come out that said 
the Lakers are expected to sign him to the roster spot. Um, with a team like this, with a team with a team as many veterans as it already has, I don't know how much value he would have as that that veteran presence in the locker room on this team because this team is already so old. But I wouldn't have a problem with it. Fifteenth roster spot, ultimately. Yeah. Give it to a glue guy. Give it to a locker room guy. Don't have any problem with that being Jared Dudley. But that does still leave spots 13 and 14. And so... Yeah, there are a couple of, couple of options. I think a really good option that's still available. Which is crazy that it is. Considering he's still been really productive. You take a guy who last season gave you 20.8 minutes per game. 4.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists, almost a steal a game, 9 points per game. In 20 minutes, power forward. Power forward who shoots... Shot 34% last year, but does have a season in which he shot shot 44%. And in that season, averaged almost 12 points a game. Talking about Paul Millsap. Very old. Extremely old. Surprise, right? That's what this team has been doing. Maybe, Maybe he would fit. But again, I think he's somebody who could provide another veteran presence, another guy who's hungry to win. Certainly wouldn't mind Paul Millsap. Another guy out there. Uh, you've probably heard me mention, you know, I've got my list of, of players that I've loved to have seen play with, uh, with LeBron James. And certainly high on that list, J.J. Reddick. J.J. Redick last season. So he's he's going to be somebody who is a true specialist at this point. You know, he only played 16 minutes a game last season. The season before, though, was playing almost 30 minutes. So, like, in, in at the end of 2020, J.J. Redick was a 30-minute-per-night a 30 guy. Averaging 15 points, shooting 45% from three-point land. 45. While still getting two assists a game, two rebounds. You listen to J.J. Reddick's podcast. He seems to go out of his way to talk to whatever guest about, you know, tell me a LeBron story or... Guys that used to play with LeBron. Like, tell me what it's like playing with LeBron. He seems to go out of his way to really wonder what it's like to play with LeBron. That's just an observation that I've made before. Uh, so, yeah, I'd really like... I'd really love J.J. Redick as a signing. I think... I think it would work. I think it'd be similar to how Kyle Korver worked in Cleveland. And LeBron really worked well with him. Plus... Another veteran guy, lots of experience, 
Another Hungry Guy is number one. I just think it would work fantastically. But, Hoopball Lakers family, tell me what you guys think. What should the Lakers do with that last three, with those last three spots? IT, wait for Rondo, sign Jared Dudley, get you some Paul Millsap, get you some JJ Reddick, screw it, sign Mac McClung. <laughs> what do you guys think? But that's going to go ahead and do it for this edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Once again, I'm your host, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram on find me on Twitter and Instagram at jcdeleon1. You can find Ethan on Twitter at ethan underscore noroff, n-o-r-o-f. Follow the Hoopball Lakers Twitter accounts. With the season ramping up, we are beginning to announce lots of new things, draft packages. All sorts of cool stuff you'll want to keep up with. Just follow anything and everything Hoopball Lakers. Almost every team has a Hoopball account. We'll try to jump on each other's pods from time to time. Check out everything that Hoopball offers, including that wager pass. That wager pass will save your life. I know I've had a good time with that in Vegas. Uh, So until next time, we are out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.